0: We pray that you will guide my thoughts and words, that they will be your words, one that will bring blessing and encouragement to everyone that is here. We pray that your spirit will direct and guide every aspect of our meeting this morning. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, am I supposed to do, no, I think it's working. All right, uh, this morning, I have titled the message, Encouragement for the Journey. Uh, If you are a believer, realize that the Christian life is a journey that starts when you have the new birth. And the journey continues till eternity. It doesn't end. But sometimes, like every journey, people get tired or weary or exhausted, and so they need some encouragement. So the morning's message is centered around encouragement for the journey. And it's centered around two thoughts. The first thought is on God's word. The second thought is on the Lord Jesus Christ. So those are the, those are the broad themes. I will start with the word of God and then move on to the Lord Jesus Christ just a few thoughts so the, the message will take a form of short uh, snippets and then we will sing and then we'll come back we'll take a break and then come come back all right so god's word in hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 we read this hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it says for the word of god is alive, I'm reading from the NIV, and active. So God's words, they are living words. God's word is alive and active. A story is told, this is a true event, of an evangelist, whose name is Gypsy Smith. He came to the U.S. sometimes to have a series of meetings. And somebody showed up at the meeting with the intent of uh, he carried a brick. He wanted to stone the preacher so as to invoke riot in this setting. It was, you know, an outdoor evangelistic meeting. So, and it happened, as the preacher was about to start preaching, he looked almost like at the young man. He said, young man, Jesus loves you. And then he began to preach the word of God. The next morning, the young man visited this gypsy smith had his hotel room and told him what he had intended to do. But instead of hitting the preacher, he was hit by the word of God. So God's word is active and powerful and all that we need to do is to Spread the word and let God do what he needs to do. John Wesley was stopped by a highway robber several years ago. The highway robber took all his money. And Wesley said to him, the time may come when you will regret this kind of life which you are Engaging, But remember this, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. That's all he said to the highway robber. And we can find that in 1 John. So years later, when Wesley was leaving a church, a man stopped him and asked him if he remembered being robbed. At such a time, in such a place, Wesley said that he did. He said, I was the man who robbed you. The single verse was, the stranger said, the single verse was the means of a total change in my life. He said, I couldn't get it out of my mind. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sins. I'll say that God's spirit was walking and using the word to do what it needs to be done. So we are reminded in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is active and alive. It's not eloquency of speech that is important. It's just declaring and proclaiming God's word and let God act on his word. So that's important. And I'd like to remind you of a simple truth that I believe you know. God spoke and the things that came into being came into being. So open with me Genesis chapter one. I just want to show you, just remind you of very simple truth. In Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Look with me, at verse 3. And it says, And God said, Let there be light. And it says, And there was light. Look with me at verse 6. And God said, Let there be an expense between the waters to separate water from water. And if you look at verse 7, the end, it says, And it was So, if you look at verse 9, And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry land appear. And um, if we continue to look in verse 11, at the end, it says, and it was so. Verse 16, he says, and God said, let there be light. And if we keep going, you look through it, it says, it just, the conclusion is that it was so. God spoke and it came to being. That's why sometimes I marvel at people that say God needed a hundred years or millions of years to get this done. He spoke and it happened. Because God's word is active and alive. God means what he says and he says what he means. So I want to remind you that God's Word is active and powerful. That's why we need to have a storehouse of scriptures in our minds so that we can recite the Word of God to ourselves. When we are discouraged, when we need grace, when we need strength, we remind ourselves of what God says because if God has said it, it is so. So the first point I want to make, that there is power In God's Word. People may ridicule it, people may make fun of it, they may criticize it, they may analyze it, but there is power in God's Word even in its simplicity. And we need to take that to heart in our daily living and in our individual circumstances. Let's not forget in Psalm 33 verses we are reminded that by the word of the Lord the heavens were made. They are starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. So God's word is powerful. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So it's a shame or a pity if we do not know the word of God, meditate on it and use it. So I want to encourage you in your individual circumstance, in your Personal challenges, always remember you need the Word. You need the Word of God. To have victory, you need the Word. That's the emphasis. So don't neglect the Word of God, the living Word of God. I pause and we go back to our song Ancient Words. Standing as you are able, let's sing together. Ancient Words. Long preserve for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words sing. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength. We roam, ancient words will guide us. Ancient words, ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient world. of our faith, handed down to this age, came to us through sacrifice, Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ, holy words long preserved for our With an ophthalm, oh, let the ancient words sing. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come to open hearts, oh, let the ancient words sing. Thank you for good singing. You may be seated. So the second point, there would probably be three, uh, sometimes in blocks of three. The second point is a very simple question. Why did Jesus have to die? And I'd like you to remember three words. Through, with, and for. So let me say that again. I, I I will try to make it clear. Why did he have to die? Why did Jesus have to die? Three simple words. Through, for, and with. All right, so the first one. Let's read together ancient words. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. 1 John. Chapter 4 verse 9. It reads this way. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. That we. Might live through him. So that's the first phrase, so that we might live through him. The Lord Jesus had to die so that we might live through him. Now, the Bible pictures sinners as uh, lost ships, prodigal sons, prisoners, or even dead men. And you know, everyone is spiritually dead by birth. When you are born into this world, you're spiritually dead. And a dead man needs life. Doesn't need religion or message or all of that. It needs life. The Lord Jesus Christ, the source of life, the author of life, he came into the world so that we might have life. So, that we might live through him. Jesus died so that we might live through him. So the question is, are you spiritually dead or spiritually alive? If you are spiritually alive, the only way you can be spiritually alive is that you are living through the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you have committed your life to Jesus Christ. He was sent into the world so that we might live through him. So that's the first point. Is that simple. And if you are not spiritually alive, alert to God's uh, things, you are dead in sins and trespasses, and you need to be. And the only way you can be alive in that sense, or saved if you like, in simple terms, is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So why did he have to die? Let me offer a second reason. And we are just going to read the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter, oh sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15. I'd like you to turn to it and look at it if you have your Bible. That's essentially because God's word is alive and active. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15, it tells us, The second reason. And he died for all. That's he being the Lord Jesus Christ. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Jesus died so that we might live for him. By bent or by nature, we live for ourselves. <laughs> we are selfish. I don't know about you, but I can, I can identify with that. And everything seems to revolve around me, And that's not a very great purpose to be quite candid because if I'm just living for myself, probably won't get a lot of fulfillment or joy. But I have to have a purpose that is higher than that. And this verse says, and he died for all. That will be you and me. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. That's how the non-believers live. But the believer is supposed to live for him who died for them. Our purpose for existence is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll call that service. Getting active, living for the Lord. And the easiest way to do that as a believer is to love other believers and serve them. And to reach out to the lost. So why did Jesus have to die? He died so that we might live through him. He died so that we might live for him. The last point on that, I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 9 to 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 9 to 10. This is a wonderful verse, a great verse. One that shall thrill your heart one that should give you hope and confidence and joy. First Thessalonians 5 verse 9 to 10. He says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice verse 10. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. The believer's destiny is sure and secure. Dead or alive, we are going to live together with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he died. So that we might be brought, if you like, into fellowship with God that ensures that we have eternal life with God. Living together with him. He died for us so that whether we are awake or alive, we may live together with him. So that we may live together with him. At the beginning of human history, man and God lived in harmony. But sin came in and made a separation. And there needed to be a bridging of that gap. That's why Jesus died. So that at the end of the ages, we will be together with him. That means that if you have a, lost, a loved one that died, he's with the Lord. There is tremendous hope you are going to meet him or her. Regardless of your suffering or situation in life, there is a great hope. Because you will be with the Lord, together with the Lord. So Jesus died so that we may live through him, for him, and with him. Complete package. Through him, for him, and with him. That's the way the believer is supposed to live. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, for the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, now let's sing in Christ alone my hope is found. Standing as you are able, let's sing together in Christ alone. I strength, my soul, this god, I stole the solid ground firm through the fierce drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace when fears are still, when striving Here in the love of Christ, I stand. The Lord, who took on flesh, fullness of God in hell. Let's this deep of love and righteousness scorned by the one seeking. On that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on me was laid Here in the death of Christ I lay In the ground His body lay light of the world by darkness then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as it stands in victory since curse has lost its grave on me But with the precious blood of Christ, he'll be fast, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever blow me from his hand till he returns what wants me home here in the power of Christ I stand No power of hell, no scheme of man. And ever pluck me from his hand Till he returns or calls me home Here in the power of Christ I'll stand Wonderful singing. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. The last set of points. It's going to be a record. I finish at twelve, and you go home, and not twelve thirty. <laughs> All right. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ, I time. In Philippians chapter three, verse ten, Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the power. Of his resurrection. A lot of talk about power, so I'm just gonna give you a few points on resurrection power. Um, I go to the gym sometimes and I see that some people go there to tone up, you know, so that they can, you know, lift weight and play football. And some really spend a lot of time building the muscle. And, you know, the interesting thing about the section of the gym where the muscle is built at school about places, there's mirror. <laughs> all over the wall. There must be a reason for that. I guess after you've built it up, you looked at it and said, awesome power (laughs) or something like that. It must be a reason. But the resurrection Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So what can we say about resurrection power? Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 11. Familiar passage, very familiar, familiar passage. Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 11. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that what happened? That God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So you have to declare, according to that passage, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that he is alive, he's resurrected. He says you will be saved. So I like to think of resurrection power as saving power. God raised him from the dead. A dead Savior is no Savior at all. He would not be able to save. If Jesus only died and was buried and never rose, we will never be sure that we have salvation. In fact, the gospel message as presented in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where he says, I deliver unto you that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and then goes on, was buried and was raised. So it has to be the complete package. The resurrection guarantees that our salvation is certain. That it's not just something we make up. You know, to feel good about ourselves. But that it's sure and certain. And that's a great thing. No other religion, no other set of beliefs have this certain foundation. They might be eloquent in their presentation and may be very convincing in their discussion. But when dead knocks at the door, it takes out the leader of the group as well as the followers. Only Jesus arose and is still alive. That's why in Christ alone our hope is found. So the power of the resurrection is saving power. So if you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. Because he's alive. It's guaranteed that you will make it to heaven. Um, that's the first point. But that is more than that, actually. And I'd like to go to a familiar passage. Again, let's read together Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Very familiar passage. Very familiar passage. Actually, this is the passage that I was pondering at night, You know, saying I need to get this passage to heart in terms of what it says. It says many things, but I will emphasize one aspect today. For the believer, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul writes, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I want you to know that phrase, Christ lives in me. Have you ever wondered or thought about the fact that the Lord Jesus lives in you? The only way he can live in you is that he's alive. If he was dead, he wouldn't be living in you. He says, but Christ lives in me. He says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Loved me and gave himself for me. So I like to think of the resurrection power as also living power. The power to live the Christian life. Christ lives in you, if you are a believer. And he lives in me. That should make all the difference in the world in my circumstance in my situation wherever i am at i need to remember that the lord jesus lives in me because he's alive i know we trust christ to get us salvation but sometimes we have not permitted the power his power to walk through us power to control our thoughts power to control our attitudes Power to help us say no. Or power to press on when things are tough. We need to remember, the Lord Jesus lives in me. Remember, we started off with the word of God is active and powerful. Now, the Bible is not just a book written to make us feel good. It tells us the truth. Because God cannot lie. And if God says, Jesus lives in us, we can take it to the bank that it is true. At your house, at work, on the road, when you're frustrated, when life seems out of control, don't forget the Lord Jesus lives in you if you're a believer. And that's resurrection power. Power to glorify God. Power to be kind to others when they are mean to us. It takes recognizing that no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Crucified with Christ, no longer I. Remember the disciples? Before the resurrection, they used to be very petty. I want to be number one. James and uh, John said, in fact, their mom went to Jesus and said, we want to be number one. They used to be fearful. But after the resurrection, once the power came, things changed. They realized that the living Savior was with them. Resurrection power is saving power. is also living power. This is a true story. One day, many years ago, a ticket agent looked out at the window, a railway station he looked out at the window, And saw a man carrying several heavy suitcases and he was walking down the middle of the railway track. The agent ran out and stopped him. You can't do that, said the agent. To begin with, you might get killed. And to make it worse, you are trespassing. The traveler explained in broken English that he had every right to walk on that track because he had purchased a ticket miles away at the other station. And he produced the ticket from his pocket. The agent carefully explained to the man that the ticket gave him the privilege of being carried on the train. And that if he would wait a few minutes, the next train would arrive. Many of us think of the Lord Jesus as only saving us from sin. And that's where we leave him. But he wants to live through us and help us. He wants us to live a life... That he is controlled by him. Christ lives in me. Daily living. Never forget that the Lord Jesus lives in you. If you don't get anything out of what I'm saying this morning, this is what I want you to get. When you go home and things become frustrating, when you go to work, when you're on the road, don't forget. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless that I live. Uh, let's read that again. Sorry. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, there's power to live a fruitful and meaningful life because of Jesus Christ. He's alive. And he gives us the power. That Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I mean, when you read the life of Paul and the things he went through. And he survived. Only the power of the resurrection could keep a man in those circumstances. And then he would say, I have finished the race. I have run my course. And then he was excited. So the Lord Jesus lives in us. That's the second point on resurrection power the third point on resurrection power we need to remember. Revelation chapter 1. Let's read the word of God. Let's just read again before we say anything. Revelation chapter 1 from verse 17 to 18. John was fearful and he says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet and as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. I am alive forevermore. We do not need to be afraid of life. Or death. We have a living savior. We do not need to be afraid of time. Or eternity. Because Christ holds the key. The key. To life and death. And that savior. Lives in us. He spoke to John. He says don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. And I was dead and now I'm alive. And I hold the keys. Of death and Hades. The songwriter says, death could not keep him prey." Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. He's a living Savior, the ever-living one, the one that has the key of time and eternity and the keys of death. You know, you need the key to be able to get in and get out, and the Lord Jesus has the key. And that same Jesus lives in us. So resurrection power is also dying power. We don't get afraid of death because it's also dying power. Saving power, power to live, dying power. No fear, no condemnation. We just sang that in that song, no fear. Nothing can take me unless the Lord says so. So Christ lives in me. All right. It looks like I am done. Christ liveth in me, number 411, standing as you are able, let's sing. I remember I'll recap all the points that I said and then we will sing, let's sing and then I'll recap the points and then we'll pray. Number 411, Christ liveth in me. Once far from God and dead in sin No light my heart could see But in God's word the light I found Now Christ lived in me Christ lived in me Christ lived in me For that salvation this that Christ lived in me noise of light from yonder the sun, the floods of earth so free, so life and light and love came forth from Christ living in me. Christ lived in me. Christ lived in me. Oh, what a salvation this that Christ lived in me. As life the flower within the sea, as in the corn, tree. So praise the God of truth and grace. His Spirit dwelleth in me. Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation this, that Christ liveth in me. With longing all my heart is filled, like thy came I may be. As on the wondrous top I dwell, that Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. Christ Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation that Christ liveth in me. So you sit for a minute and then we'll pray. Just a minute. I'd like to recap. We started by saying that God's word is living and powerful. That's why we have the scriptures to help us. And so we need to tap into the word. And then we noted. That Jesus died so that we might live through him, live for him, and live with him. And then we said the resurrection power is salvation power, power for living, even power for dying. The resurrection power, because Jesus is alive, is not just alive out there, is alive in us. That gives us the strength and the stamina, the ability to go on. Christ lives in us. I trust that you get encouragement for the journey, regardless of the obstacles or whatever the bumps are, the Lord Jesus is living in you, is with you, and is for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. It gives us hope. It gives our lives meaning. We pray for those that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they will come to know him so that they may know what life truly is. Thank you for your son, because he's our all in all. Thank you for the privilege to look into your word. Bless our afternoon, and help us to remember that Christ lives in us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.